Rick Madison, Rick and Friends. Hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, today, because you've probably heard this across multiple channels, but uh, we have we have champions in the Valley. So I wanted to talk with one of the faculty advisors with Enactus, Dr. Kylene Myra. Welcome to Rick and Friends. Thanks, Rick. Happy to be here. Okay, so uh, I want to give listeners a little bit of an overview because Enactus is a is an odd name. Uh, they may or may not have, have heard about this, but I, what I love about this is it's something to be proud of. And it's ingenuity, it's innovation, it's entrepreneurship, like it celebrates all these wonderful things. And I wanted to really shine a light on that because we have some wonderfully bright minds that are giving us world stage coverage. And I wanted to, yeah, talk a little bit about the infrastructure and how we get there and and all that kind of good stuff. So maybe give us a quick overview of what Anactus is, and then we'll back up from there. Well, I'd be happy to. So Anactus actually has its roots from entrepreneurship. So the organization um, that we got involved with at Okanagan College started as ACE, Advancing Canadian Entrepreneurship. And it was really to do entrepreneurship in your community financial literacy, entrepreneurship, support entrepreneurs, grow entrepreneurs. And then it moved to Students in Free Enterprise, or SIF. So some of you might have heard of SIF. And at that point, we connected to a worldwide network. So there were people doing SIF chapters in schools and universities over 36 countries around the world. And interestingly... Uh, the students in free enterprise didn't translate well, uh, both across cultures and around that notion of free enterprise because there was a lot of uh, social enterprise being done as well. Uh, environmental initiatives, um, social entrepreneurship, social impact. And so the network looked for uh, a name to really say, what is this that our students are doing around the world? in our communities to solve really wicked problems. And they actually created their own name called Anactus. And it comes from entrepreneurship mm -hmm. to act or action by all of us. And that is really what it's about. It's about the students working with faculty, community partners, leaders in our community to really address some of the social issues in our community and abroad. So it has to have that kind of the social aspect to it in order to be considered a program, part of the Enactus program, the social aspect? I think that is where they look for the really um, high-achieving uh, teams or projects. I think in your program portfolio, you might be working with emerging entrepreneurs. You might be doing financial literacy in the school system, which we have done. You might be um, helping with, um, you know, uh, local businesses to actually look at their green or their waste to try to be more green. These are all projects we've run. Um, but they really want you to focus on that triple bottom line. So thinking about, you know, um, the social aspect, who are you helping? The economic impact, is it actually a sustainable project? Are you creating enough revenue to keep it going? And then are you taking care of the environment? Okay. So we we have this Okanagan School of Business, which is up against, you know, really learning institutions across the world. How did we do 
in the last little bit here because this is big news. Like th this is like really sent waves throughout all the institutions because here's, you know, in, in, in worldwide stage, Okanagan College maybe on the smaller end, but man, big results. Absolutely. So we started in 2005. We were a team of five, you know. Uh, the first year we went to the national competition and we won the best startup team in the country. And they couldn't even pronounce our name. <laughs> they said Okanagan oh, and they looked around when they announced no one had heard of us. I knew we were onto something. I knew we had incredibly engaged, bright, you know, very conscious students who wanted to do this kind of work. And so really, the last 17 years have been building for this moment. And I do full credit to the alumni of Anactus, who I'm just going to put a shout out. Our business leader of the year on Wednesday night, Bree Lake, is an Anactus and School of Business alumni. So there you have somebody who has grounding in this area, who's gone on to have a huge impact in the tech community. So these are the type of leaders that we're growing through this program. So... Uh, we we have been uh, third place on the final stage at a national competition before. So we've been top four, top five several times. We just never had made it to the champion role, which is very hard to do. No team in Western Canada has ever won the Anactus national competition until September. So let's break that down for people because people are listening to this going, wow, that sounds amazing. But so you have a team that has a plan, a business plan, and basically they are standing on a stage and explaining it to a group of judges. Is that kind of the essence of it? No, I'm going to go way further on you. So go it's not further. a business plan. So we will do planning and strategy, but we are actually running social enterprises. So we are actually implementing the project we presented on was a four-year project, social enterprise that has been uh, piloted, developed, planned, piloted, and expanded to scale. And so when you go to the competitions, you are, of course, talking about your project or your social enterprise and your vision, but you are presenting on your outcomes. What have you done? How have you improved lives? How have you tried to solve an issue or um, solve a problem? Um, who have you impact? Who have you given more skills training to? Who have you helped launch a business? What have you, what Im environmental impact? It can be a range. And so these teams are all amazing. When we talk about competition, we're really, you, you go around and you go, we're, we all do good work. It's just who communicates the best and whose impact do they seem to um, have the most um, well, wide scale, um, sustainable impact. Okay. So these are actual, like not just concept, right. business. Right. Like actually running. Yes. Okay. So that was the, that's a key part. It's a key part. We're generating revenue. You may be um, employing people. You are um, distributing and selling products. You are um, supporting people in schools or in their businesses. You're doing actual things. And Anactus OC at the college is its own social enterprise. We manage grants and revenues. Uh, we apply for um, sponsorship and other dollars. We create our own revenue and we use that. We invest in our own projects. Um, we uh, work with partners um, to tackle issues in our community. So not only are we running social enterprises, but we also operate our own social enterprise. 
So let's talk about some of the metrics of why this this particular Enactus program has gained such worldwide fanfare. Like, I mean, what what metrics is it hitting in in your estimation that impressed, you know, judges from across the world? So the project, the Unusually Good Food Company, is a project that we uh, presented on in September, September 30th, when we won the national champion. And then we took to the world's um, stage, which we can talk about. And it has, and what I love about it is this is a student leadership group. We are advisors and mentors and guides, but it is driven by students. And this is a perfect example. Abby Lagerquist, uh, a student in Vernon, was driving by an orchard pulled over and said, why are all those apples rotting on the ground in the orchard? Why are they emitting CO2? Why are they going to waste when we've got people who are hungry and food insecure and, and, and this is incredible produce? And she went, got out of her car and she went and talked to the farmer. And she learned that in some cases, if an apple is misshapen, or it's got a little bit of a bruise, or it just doesn't look like the grocery store appearance, it will cost them money out of their pockets to actually pick those apples and take them away. And so they leave them on the trees or they let them go down and rot in their orchards because it's too expensive to do that. And she said that there's got to be a better way. And so that project started in one orchard four years ago to say, we're going to pick those apples we're going to repurpose them. We're going to create other products to actually feed food insecure communities and develop a revenue stream to keep that social impact happening. And we know if we can do it in one orchard, we can do it in many orchards. So the thoughtfulness of her to recognize that this there's a fundamental problem. A lot of people drive by an orchard and go, huh, <laughs> but she actually thought about it, conceptualized and went, okay, now we need to do something and move on this. And I think that's probably what's interesting about that is we're probably telling people on the national or sorry, in the international stage that we grow fruit in Canada because <laughs> a lot of them probably don't even know that. And, and that we are actually thinking ahead and thinking about circular economies. Absolutely. So this project, what's amazing about this project is that we were introduced to the North Okanagan Gleaners, who are a food processor, a nonprofit food processor who do amazing work, right? So they, they take food, dehydrate it, and they take it around the world to developing nations. And they put, the, put it in these um, uh, containers that go around the world with medical equipment that they've collected. And so we started working with them and said, can we use your excess capacity to dehydrate these apples? And could we serve local food insecure places, uh, indigenous daycares, um, schools, breakfast, lunch programs, um, and um, we've gone to shelters and food banks. Um, this year, we actually have a, a, a partnership with Food for Thought, and our nutritious, healthy apple bites went into the backpack programs of 21,000 students in the central Okanagan because and they could take that home and so they said not only are we getting a snack but we're getting a healthy nutritious delicious snack that they can take home on the weekend as our partner said because we know hunger doesn't take the weekend off what's interesting is i was uh, on the board for big brothers big sisters and we started to do in-school mentoring and we were finding out that a lot of children 
go to school hungry. And uh, I think it was one teacher in particular in Rutland started stocking a fridge full of yogurts. And uh, after the first day, he says, who's stealing the yogurt? And, and the kids all sheepishly said, um, I, I grabbed one, sir, and I grabbed one. And he started to realize how many kids weren't doing well in school based on the fact that their learning was was diminished because they they were hungry. They were thinking about that core essential need. So really hats off on this. Mm-hmm. I, I just cannot believe how big mm-hmm. and, and how impactful it is across different layers. I mean, that's the other part of this too. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the, so our students, I mean, they have this natural inclination to give back and they want to connect with the leaders who are doing this type of work. Um, and the leaders like from the Boys and Girls Club um, and from some of the other organizations were just so thankful for a nutritious snack. They were also taking those apple chips with the gleaners into these developing countries because they often were having snacks that were dried, um, not very flavorful, and the apple bites were chewy and flavorful, and they could literally see the eyes of the children. So this year, our apple chips were actually serving, they've served a number of countries, but Guatemala and war-torn Ukraine, um, providing a healthy, nutritious snack. And so that's the social benefit piece. And then what we do is we also worked with a mobile juicing company, another alumni of Enactisoci, another partnership to juice right in the orchard and then we made an incredible uh, cold-pressed apple cider in five-liter boxes that we were selling in grocery stores and retailers, and that with a social benefit story. And that apple juice is generating revenue to ensure that we can t- continue to provide the apple chips to food insecure areas. So we needed a sustainable revenue source to pay for the social impact piece. It seems like this just keeps going and you must be so proud. Like it, do you ever take a moment and just realize how many ripple effect this has across different communities? Absolutely. We're proud. I mean, and there is a number of us faculty advisors and we are spread all across the Okanagan. So we couldn't do this work without all of the faculty advisors and the community um, partners like Brad from the North Okanagan Gleaners who won our advisor of the year for all of Canada. So we, and same with our alumni, have done that. So we are very proud about that. Our partners like Peter at Independent Grocer, who stocks our juice, who literally sent us an email after we came top four in the world to say, I'm sitting in my office literally in tears <laughs> as he saw his face on the screen in San Juan going, I can't believe you are doing what you're doing. So our community partners are so proud of us. Our students um, are really, I think for them to get this type of experience locally, nationally, and internationally, it's transformative for them. Um, and it's it's really, it's been the best part of my academic experience. Do you think a lot of these, these mines are going to stay in the valley? Mm. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, a number of years ago, one of our projects, because we've had 17 years of projects, we spent 10 years working with the Young Entrepreneurs Dragon's Den competition, working with students in middle and high school. And one of the things back then was 
this mass exodus of people leaving the community because they just didn't feel opportunities here. And I think things have changed quite a bit. I think people feel pretty hopeful. Um, they feel that there's um, lots of entrepreneurial opportunities. I think that um, some of them go other places, um, you know, Alberta or, you know, Vancouver, or um, some of them are ready to go explore other cultures. Um, they, I think they feel that there's more opportunities to stay here and create their own job or their own business now than there ever has been. And I, so I think that's really neat. A lot of our um, alumni have been so proud of the student success. We had a World Cup showcase before we went to San Juan. A whole number of them came to listen, hear about the students. They were so proud of seeing them. And they have given back as coaches, as mentors, sponsoring the team, you know, working, partnering on projects. So they, they, they realize the impact and um, and a lot of them have stayed in our community like Bree Lake um, to give back to the community and and that's the that's the cool part I think is is knowing that their journey keeps them here because we really do want these these innovations we want this ingenuity and these curious people that continue to make I, I think our society better um, sticking around because I mean we really do need that going forward. Our, our community is at a, a breakneck pace for growth, and I think it's just going to be ideas like this that really cover a lot of bases that we were going to need going forward because, like I said, um, the Valley's just in, in the jet stream for the world, so I think we, we really do need these minds to kind of figure that out for us because, uh, yeah, it, it's just it's so cool, though. In your estimation, why is this one of the biggest because you just said it's one of my best academic achievements why does that what do you mean by that I think when you're I've been teaching a professor for this my 23rd year which is quite amazing uh, it's never the same year and I love teaching it's a privilege and an honor to work with students and it's a different experience every course every year different students um, and so I connect with the students a lot in class and I learn about them, but I don't get to really see them in action. I do service learning, so I, my students work with the community projects and that's, um, that's a really neat um, approach um, uh, to, to see them take those skills. But when you get to a level of an actus, they are leading the projects. They are one-on-one -on -one with the community leaders. They're coming up. They're making decisions. They're coming up with solutions. They're trying things sometimes that work that don't work. You know, they're dealing with, you know, we, we told the story at Nationals where we had the juice and all of in a big container, and all of a sudden the temperature was dipping. What do you do? Um, they had to um, get somebody in, literally babysit the juice all night, we, you know, make sure, um, uh, find other places for it to store um, because we didn't have the boxes yet because of a supply chain issue. So they're dealing with issues that businesses are having to do. And yes, they come to us for guidance and we discuss and we brainstorm solutions, but at the end of the day, it's their project. And, uh, and so I think they are experimenting with what it's going to be like when they leave us um, in a really supportive environment. And because this is volunteer work, like they could be doing so many other things, but they choose to dedicate their time 
to this practice. And, and I think one example I want to tell you is that we took 14 students to nationals and, um, and the World Cup, and we've always had parents on our team, always had parents and often had single parents. And you can imagine what they're juggling. You can imagine. And so we had three parents, um, and two of them were um, presenting on the final stage, uh, six children between them both of them single parents um and we had another parent who came whose second child was eight months is eight months old so and they are running projects they're overseeing projects they're working with community leaders and they're managing uh, uh children budgeting trying to manage how to do that on top of studies and a volunteer piece um and uh, and this is incredible. And they're successful students. So um, and they they're working with the team. I mean, these are incredible skills. I mean, they do more by the time they get to class at ADM than most of our students who don't have those responsibilities understand. Um, and maybe that's why maybe they're attracted. I think they're attracted to Nactus because they want to have purpose. They see the potential. They believe in giving back. They think it makes them a better parent or a better sister or a better teammate or student. I don't know, but they choose in what time they have to dedicate it. And that's when you you are so inspired by that as a professor. Like it is inspiring because I, having taught a couple of classes, there was people that had multiple jobs. They had family commitments at home. And they're still managing to get great grades, put in the extra work. And uh, that's why sometimes, and I know you probably do this too, is when when somebody who you know is taking on a lot and they're, they're really underneath a strain every single day and they ask for a little bit of time or, and they don't often, but when they do, I listen to that a little bit because you know what, I, I know how much tenacity it takes for them to even be there on a day and then when you get you know other students who are asking for some time and they literally have nothing else going you, you know it's just a, a tale of two students and, and that's the interesting thing about this is their very limited time they choose to volunteer and I think that's so powerful it's incredible and and I always compare the an act is to, I, I was on the chamber board, and when you think about a president of a chamber, you know, so you think about right now, say Dan Rogers is the executive director, and he has a new president every year. And that changes, the team changes. Well, that's what it's like. We have a new student leadership team every year, and they often work their way up, but they, you know, they get involved in the projects, they maybe lead a project, maybe they take an executive role, and they develop up until the potential to lead a team of 50 to 100 people across three to four campuses um, and managing all of those things of a social enterprise. And I think about, um, and we've had students, presidents that have come from Penticton and um, co-presidents from Vernon. We've had a president that's come from Salmon Arm and a number of presidents from Kelowna. And even if you look at the last three years, we had Nicole Sapia. She took over just when the pandemic started. And of course, never imagined that her whole year would be managing a team in a pandemic when nobody wanted to do any more time online. And it was an equalizer for our team because our really deep relationships 
with faculty and alumni, but with our community partners, we came third in the country as a result of that. And then we maintain that. You know, um, when Danielle Walker came on board, she was an honors BBA student. She was on the presenting team and a valedictorian. And then she passed off to McKenna Lenarsic. And when you think about who's our current president, who's basically has not been able to stop doing an actus because when we won the semifinals in May, they said, we're not going to do the final round in May. We're going to put it off to September so you can present in person. First time they've ever done that. So really, McKenna had to lead a team year round when they're supposed to be off working, um, getting a collective break. Um, and so those students under her leadership have not stopped working on the project and working on an actus in a very long time to get us to the result we had at World Cup. Well, what's interesting is when, when you have purpose-built work, I, I think at a certain point you realize that the, the gain you get for yourself is far greater. And, and I think that's what a lot of people understand is, as you know, I have a startup and, and it's really, really tough and it's not an overnight success and there's a lot of hours and a lot of time. But, but I know in my heart that I'm doing the right thing by virtue of the business because the business is circular economy as well and, and reducing waste. And I, I think that's the part that we need is to, to tie it into the why. And I think if more businesses did that, like, why are we all here? Is it to make more money for the shareholders? Well, that, that doesn't really get anybody up out of bed. But if you had a purpose-built organization that is really trying to do well, maybe it's for charity or maybe it's for the one on staff that has a struggling young family or whatever it is, but you feel like you're there for a greater, a greater result, I think that's where a lot of businesses get it wrong is they don't really help out with the why because you see what you can do when you have that and it's huge absolutely and talking about the circular economy i mean i mean I, you know i'm so proud of your work and your recent recognition because i think it inspires others to think about what they can do and i hope what our work does it inspires other students as well as other organizations and you know the fun thing is just to continually be creating and innovating so you know we were working on apple juice the farmers said hey we have a problem with cherries so we looked at doing cherry juice this summer to take those cherries and then we took the apple pumice byproduct and through some really creative students led by uh, john in penticton telastis um, and danielle robinson down there we worked with a local candle manufacturer carla here colonna um, candle company she's amazing her and her team and we created apple-scented apple candles that we have now, by the way, if you're going to the chamber event on Wednesday, just have a look and have a smell to see what you might see at that event. And we can't keep those, we can't keep them in stock. And so, I mean, it's, it's continually innovating. It's thinking about being creative. It's like, what, so we've done that, so what, what else can we do? Um, what else can we achieve um, through this project and other projects? And uh, and that's what I love. Every year is different with the stu students, the projects, the partners. Um, and so it, it just keeps you really motivated. We're going to be back in a minute with more Dr. Kylie Myra and the Enactus crew here. But uh, 
we have to pay some bills. Um, do you have print needs for your business? The D6 Print Studio on Lucky Road has large format printers to service your every need. You should, well, not not every need, of course, but pretty close, signage especially. Um, follow clonenow.com on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the tube of you by searching clonenow, all the cool kids do. All right. Okay, back with more Dr. Kylene Myra, faculty advisor with Enactus. And, and we have a lot going on locally, but before we go into that, what? tell me about the World Cup experience because that must have been life-changing for a lot of the students too. It was incredible. And, uh, and imagine going to San Juan, Puerto Rico. So uh, in hurricane season, we were very <laughs> thankful that... Uh, you know, the, um, the climate and the environment was stable and that most teams, not all teams, there was about four teams, there was 32 countries represented and about four or five teams had some um, visa issues. But what was amazing about the Enactus Network was they did hybrid uh, competition model. So people could present live or pre-recorded and then do live Q&A. So everybody was able to participate. So imagine being, you're representing your country. You are meeting 30 students from 31 other countries. Um, so the cultural experience, we actually had a cultural fair where people got up and sang and danced and did things representing from their country. Um, students are meeting other students in their competition around the event. They're cheering each other on and they are reaching out to collaborate about projects. So we have already been reached out to countries from the United States, Belgium, um, Tunisia, just to name a few, um, asking about our project. And after nationals, we already have teams in Ontario looking to expand our project in a box to the orchards in their region. So it's really about scaling the impact. So we started at the semifinal, uh, at the quarterfinal round. We were one of two teams that went forward. Then we went to the semifinal round and in a very exciting, dramatic fashion, we won our semifinal round, uh, being in a very, very tough German team. And we went to the final four stage, which is incredible. So the, um, and although we didn't win the first and second spot, and you could ask me if you want about the teams, we came top four. We don't know if we were third or fourth. They don't state that. But there's 2,045 Enactus teams around the world. So we are top four, our little team from Okanagan College um, of over 2,000 teams around the world. And they were absolutely incredible on that stage. They deserved to be there. They were incredible. Um, when you get there, they're all incredible teams. And we couldn't be more proud to see them present in front of thousands of people and live streamed uh, around the world. It was an incredible feeling. There, there must have been a lot of things. Again, I go back to the metrics of the business that they were pitching on. Was it the the finances? Was it the sustainability? Was it the the originality of the idea? Was it the low stress, you know, high yield? Like I'm just wondering about the different factors that make it such a world changing idea. And I'm just trying to break down, you know, for listeners as well, why did it continue to get such traction and momentum? Um, because there's so many variables that, that, you know, obviously is part of the judging. But it seemed to just gravitate towards this, 
the podium finish. And so can you kind of break it down of why it's so extraordinary? It's, that's a great question. And actually, you'd be a great judge. You would be a great judge. We're going to talk about that later. Because you <laughs> should you. come to a national competition and be a judge. Because that is, those are the questions they ask you. You present. And really, uh, we believe we had, a, uh, we had a project that we could tell the story. We were very good storytellers. Um, our students are very involved in the project. So they can tell you from the, from the ground up. It was a replicable. So we had a proven business model. It was replicable. It was scalable to other fruits, other products. It had a sound revenue stream with a competitive product. It had a social benefit side that um, was scalable and extensive and was actually showing you know, great results. And I think if there was one limitation, uh, Egypt won the Worlds. Um, they won several years in a row. They're a formidable champion. Um, and Tunisia came second. Um, you know, Egypt has 400,000 students <laughs> at their school. And 400 in Anactus with 19 faculty advisors. And so they have a very strong model. And they just had a bit more scale so they had um, more revenue. They had a bit of a larger, more international brush. We had not yet um, been able to replicate this in other countries, but we were starting to work with impact investors and look at that. So I think we learned so much about being at a world-class project. The judges at the final, there's over 200 judges. They're the top CEOs of the host country and around the world. And they are looking at how sound your business model is, how replicable, how scalable is um, the future growth potential, and where are you going to be in three, five, ten years. And so I think we did so much. Um, we squeezed all the juice, <laughs> no pun intended, out of that project. And we now know what it would take to be the world-class project. So there was a lot of learning for, from, for us for never being on the world stage that we will take back. And so we were very close in the running. And kudos to um, Egypt and Tunisia um, for the incredible impact they're having. Um, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but Tunisia, how? what's the population of Tunisia? I you, mean... Yeah, I do not know. I mean, they had, if anybody watched it, they were the most energetic, incredibly. Um, they danced and sang for four days straight. Um, and they were doing this work with farmers, um, which was just so impactful. Um, and um, they, they've been in the top four last year. Um, and I think it's that... You, when you when you see what the potential is and you get and you have some achievements, you go back to your um, school and your cities and your country and there's so much excitement. So Egypt doesn't always have the same school win, but they know they're a leader. And how motivating is that, that they're fighting to see who could come back and present. And Canada has won the Worlds twice. Um, they've been on the final stage, I think, uh, the final four, seven years in a row. We are very glad we carried that, and we are the first Western Canadian team. So we are very well known and respected on the world stage. I think competition and, and placing um, creates more competition, and I think good competition. Like when, and sorry, I'll use a sports metaphor, but if you have a really good shooter on a on a team and a really good goalie, 
I mean, they, they often battle each other because they have to rise to each other's caliber. And, and that's kind of what you did on the world stages. You had to rise to Egypt, which in, in my estimation, it sounds like they have a lot of resources. And, and this small, scrappy school just rose to the challenge. And that, that for me is, is really cool. And I do think when I look back at, at a potential reason why you didn't win, it would be that scalability. Because, I mean, obviously there's a certain amount of, of reality when it comes to how many orchards and, and how much waste. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously those are things that are going to be limitations. But, I mean, again, you say it correctly. You squeezed a lot of juice out of this. We did. And and we know our model could go to fruits and vegetables in other nations. And they could learn from what we've done. So that is a potential next strategy for us is to think about um, could we take this learning and develop um, new partnerships um, around the world. Um, and we're also really, um, we also really focus in our local communities because that's really important to us. So we all also want to be making sure that we're working with local nonprofits or other organizations or other social enterprises um, because that's, that's a really uh, important part of our program as well. I love the paradigm shift of Okay, can we can we win uh, the nationals to can we win worlds <laughs> like that? That's truly what you're thinking about, mm-hmm. because we've we've gotten to that echelon and now we need to get there again. But we need to figure out what we didn't have mm-hmm. in this in this latest plan. So let's talk a bit about you brought it up, the the local side of things. And, and there's some other things, cool and interesting things that uh, an act is, is up to locally. Absolutely. And so anybody who knows an act is we've won national champions on topic competitions. So we ran a CanSave program, a financial literacy program for years that was developed under uh, the tutelage of uh, Devin Rubido and a number of students. And that was taught um, across our communities, our Okanagan communities, and then put online and taught to over 50,000 um, students in every province and territory in the country. So we want a first place in financial literacy. So we have done a number of projects over the years, amazing programs um, that we've worked in in all our communities. Uh, Launchpreneur, very successful program in Salmon Arm. I'm sure you know about it. Mm -hmm. That started as a partnership with Enactus. Uh, and the innovation, the economic development uh, communities, and uh, we supported the entrepreneurs and um, helped create that competition. So locally right now, we are working with the Okanagan Sustainability Leadership Council to um, help develop an Okanagan Waste Challenge uh, project across the valley. And right now, we are working in the schools in Penticton with the uh, leadership sustainability class to look at waste. How do we account for waste? How do we track waste? How do we reduce waste at our school? But also take that knowledge home and work with our homes, our family members, and then look at working with small business. How do we even go about identifying our waste Um, counting it, tracking it, reducing it. So that's a really exciting project that we're doing. And we got some seed funding from um, the Economic Southern Trust um, Institute of BC. Um, And we are hoping to have seed capital to um, partner with another college 
in our region. I can't tell you yet until they come on board, but we're um, offering them startup capital and mentorship to expand our project, our Waste Challenge project to the Kootenays. And then we're also working, we're so excited. Last year, we started a project um, called Elevate with uh, Kelowna Friendship Society, working with um, young Indigenous artists or emergent artists. And we had our students teaching them entrepreneurial skills, business planning, selling skills, marketing, presentation skills, um, business plan development and then helping them to launch um, their businesses and then think about creative ways that they can market and sell them. And we are just starting year two with that. So we've got some new students involved, some students who have come back, um, and we'll be working with them throughout the year. And we're really excited to see where that project goes. So a lot of business owners are listening to this and to this podcast, and they're going, how do I get involved? How do I get into some of this innovation like I, I know a lot of people just want to figure out how can we engage where's the bridge who do I con like and and whether that that be working with them whether that be just here's a problem I'd love you to solve I mean is there any of that community engagement work that can be done absolutely and I would say I'm going to wear two of my hats here I would say both with Anactus and with the School of Business because with Anactus we, the community will approach us with um, issues, problems, um, potential projects, and saying we would really like to work with you on this. Um, and so we will, and we, then we'll take those projects under consideration. We'll see if we have the students, the skill set, the partners. Um, and then also at the School of Business, we have project courses where students actually work with businesses. Um, either in consulting, research capacity, event planning, or a number of other ways. And so we, you can connect with us through the School of Business, our chair or associate deans, to see who in which classes or professors would be interested. And you can also reach out to enactusoc.ca. And you can connect with our president and our team to talk to us about where could we best use our talent and skill? Because we want to make a difference and we want to make sure that we are channeling our resources in a really impactful way. Well, I just have to say, wow. It, it's, uh, it, it's so interesting as well as I'm so appreciative that, that, that this exists in our community because, I mean, I'm seeing this impact, and like I said, that placement in the worlds, I think really put us on the map, and mm -hmm. I think that's just going to help us going forward. Well, thank you. I, I, the community support and outreach since that time has been overwhelming. Um, and, I, you know, I'm at the pickleball court, I'm in the grocery store, I'm at an awards event or at a networking event, and people are recognizing the Enactus brand, which is really exciting for us because it's been 17 years of building that on so many students. Um, we are so proud. Um, and we knew our the people were at home um, watching us and sending us messages, so we were so grateful for that. Um, and we are just really excited about what the future holds for this program and, and with our students. Dr. Carly Myra, Faculty Advisor with Enactus, thank you so much for being on the Rick and Friends podcast. Thanks, Rick.